With football in full swing, fans in attendance, everyone's enjoying all of the football play. Of course, with football being a collision sport, it comes with its fair share of injuries. And there's a lot of common injuries when we talk about football, but one of the things that we often tend to overlook, and I can speak from an athletic trainer standpoint, and also being around the athletes, football players, is injuries to the brachial plexus. So the brachial plexus is the nerve network that comes out from your neck, your cervical spine region, travels all the way between your rib and your collarbone, goes down towards your armpit. And this is the nerves or the neural network that supplies pretty much innervation to all of your upper extremity. And this is very, very important that it works properly because this is how we control all of our motor function and also perceive sensation. This episode is all about brachial plexus injuries, or in layman's terms, stingers, that we're going to talk about how to recognize this, and more importantly, what to do, and some of the education that comes with knowing what is a stinger, and how do you prevent this from happening, and what kinds of things you need to think about in terms of recovery, so that you can prevent this from impeding your performance. All of the football players out there, athletic trainers too, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you again for joining me for another week. Any new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about everything that gears to optimizing your performance. Every week, I either have solo episodes or guest interviews that share their story and things that we can relate to to really elevate your performance. For all of the returning listeners, thank you again for joining me for another week. I really appreciate all of the support. If you like any of the episodes that you hear out there, please feel free to share it with family, friends, and go to Apple Podcasts and rate the podcast. Also, to stay up to date with all of the most recent episodes, please subscribe to my podcast. That will really help with the growth of the podcast as well. And also, if you're not aware yet, there are video highlight clips of these podcast episodes up on my YouTube channel. Just search for HNL Movement and you can see some of the interesting guest interviews, some of the solo episode content. And that's another way to get some of the podcast content and listen to that as well. Today's episode is going to be a short episode on brachial plexus injuries, what brachial plexus injuries are, and some of the key concepts when you think about the recovery. So the first thing that I want to say out there is in the literature, a lot of the brachial plexus injuries, we have a really good estimate. And I say this is 100% true that not all of these injuries go reported. Even at football games, other contact collision types of sports, many times if the athlete suffers a stinger, you know, they just kind of come off the field for a few plays. Maybe they don't even really say anything or the extent of how badly they're hurt. And then after that, it goes unnoticed. And before you know it, they're back in the game. And that is something that unfortunately is 
pretty typical. But what we want to do is make sure that this doesn't become a recurring problematic type of injury, that you're always getting these so-called stingers. And we're not addressing some of the strength functions, the functional movements, and making sure again that you're able to perform at your optimal capacity. So if that's any of the athletes out there, just think about this. And a lot of it is just education. You want to learn about why is this happening and what can you do to prevent some of the risks of this happening in the future. So let's go over some of the basic, just real brief anatomy. I'm gonna keep it simple. So your brachial plexus, it's pretty much nerves that come and innervate your muscles, do motor function, and also all of the sensory input that goes back up to your brain. And this brachial plexus, it starts from your spinal cord and your nerve roots, your cervical nerve roots from level C5 to T1 combine and it pretty much integrates and branches off into all of these different nerve branches, divisions, cords, and eventually it makes its way down to innervate whatever muscle, sensory input to joints, skin, ligament, and all of these tissues down your upper extremity. So that's pretty crucial. I mean, just knowing that without our nervous system sending these signals, we pretty much would not have any function or communication going to our muscles and going back up to our brain. Now, whenever there's any type of nerve injury, that is concerning because nerves for one, it's like the command center from our brain that's sending out all these signals. But the second reason why too is that nerves, their healing capacity or capability is not as fast or adept as other types of tissues. So nerves take a really long time to heal or regenerate at a very, very slow rate. And because of that, if you have permanent damage to your nerves, you know, for example, if a nerve gets permanently damaged where there's no sensation or becomes paralyzed, you can't really recover from that at that point. So there's a, there's a point where extensive or beyond this threshold of damage, your nerve is not really going to heal itself. And of course, that's the extreme end. But overall, we do not want to keep taking repetitive trauma over and over to your nerves because that can have a cumulative effect and eventually start to impair your function, your sensation. And that's really what we want to avoid. So going back to this brachial plexus injury or stinger example, fortunately, what happens is you're able to shake it off and, you know, the numbness, tingling, paresthesia, or even some of the residual weakness from some trauma to your nerves, that really goes away anywhere from, could even be a few seconds to a couple minutes, to usually sometime within the next 24 hours, it will pretty much be resolved, which is a good thing because you don't want to, again, damage your nerves to an extent where it becomes more permanent. So in that regard, I think a lot of it tends to not get reported because you think everything's fine, it doesn't hurt anymore, no paresthesia, no burning sensation, no weakness, and then you just go about the rest of the week or the season without assessing thoroughly some of the residual effects that may go unnoticed because it's not as obvious to you. So for the brachial plexus injury, Let's talk about how this typically happens. And I'm going to go over more in football because that's where we see it more commonly. And that's my experience with brachial plexus injuries too. So pretty much nerves do not like excessive types of forces when it comes to traction, which means the nerve is being stretched beyond its normal length or compression where the nerve is getting smashed between structures or something that really starts to damage the nerve. For the most part, your typical mechanism for brachial plexus or stinger injuries is when your head gets stretched away from your shoulder 
And the point from your neck to your armpit, that point, if you think like you had a rope there or a string, if you pulled that really taut and applied that traction force to it, that's really what the brachial plexus does not like. And that's your typical stinger. So when you're going for a tackle, maybe your head goes one way and your shoulder depresses down to your waist. That's the typical mechanism. Now, on the other hand, you can have compression of your nerve roots. So where your spine is compressing. So typically that's the other side. When your head gets forced and one side of your neck gets compressed. So this is like the opposite side of the traction side. And pretty much your nerve roots just get compressed between your vertebrae. So that's another way that it can happen. It's less common. Of course, if you do anything like an axial low, like you hit or spear someone and you fracture your vertebrae, that could, of course, damage your nerve roots, could damage your spinal cord as well, which is extremely dangerous. So pretty much things can happen that not only stretch the brachial plexus nerves, it can also cause some damage where the nerve roots are coming out of your spine and your vertebral column. Now, once you have some type of trauma to your nerves, that's where if it's significant enough, you are going to experience some type of radicular or nerve type of pain. So this is anything that affects anything down your arm, shooting pain down your arm, numbness, tingling, burning pain is typically associated with nerve pain, and of course, any type of weakness. So that's how you know something has happened, and most likely, it is dealing with the nerves of the brachial plexus. So what happens for anybody that has suffered a stinger, you're well aware that if you do see an athletic trainer or a doctor on the sideline, then basically we're trying to check the extent and what structures of the brachial plexus has gotten involved. And that's when you'll see people run through like a dermatome and myotome screen, which is pretty much just assessing dermatomes are dealing with the sensation or the feeling on your skin, right? Because your nerves, again, innervate that sensation. And myotomes are checking your physical strength because your nerves innovate your muscles. So we want to see, do you still have strength? And the strength is really important, obviously, so you can make sure that you can actually play and perform and also protect yourself, especially in a sport like football. So like I mentioned, after you get assessed, a lot of times we're just monitoring the symptoms. Do you get that sensation back? Do you get that strength back? Can you actually perform your sport protect yourself in the game, play your position, and making sure that it's safe for you to actually return. And many times, like I said, a lot of these symptoms resolve relatively quickly. And it's not uncommon for people to actually be cleared to go back into the game just a little while after, after the nerve kind of settles down. It's almost like, think if you had mild stress to your brachial plexus. It's kind of like hitting your owner nerve or your funny bone and you feel that shooting pain down into your fingers, right? If you hit your funny bone, a pretty good one. And after a while, you just shake it off and it tends to go away. So that's similar to what happens when you have a very mild type of injury to your brachial plexus. You feel that symptoms go down your arm. You might have some of the sensory or motor function deficits, but we're monitoring that to make sure that it comes back and in a way that it's safe for you to return to your sport. So that's pretty much what happens after you get a stinger. So what I want to talk about, and this is good for athletes to understand, this is the education part, is that once you suffer a stinger once, 
there is some damage, micro trauma that happened to your nerves that typically is going to have some type of effect that happens. So you're going to maybe have some scarring, maybe a little stress and healing in whatever nerve part got damaged. And because of that, anyone that suffers a stinger, you're way more susceptible to suffer more and more stingers. And that's where it becomes kind of a cumulative effect that it's not ideal because every time that you suffer a stinger, you're going to have some scarring, some tissue damage at the neural level. And if you keep sustaining stingers and let's say more of your nerves start to get damaged and maybe eventually as you start to suffer more and more stingers, the extent or the severity of the stinger, that is usually getting worse and worse too. And that's where some of this neural damage or deficits can start to become longer and longer lasting. Not only where it lasts maybe a few hours or a day, but you might have some real low level nerve irritation where you might have some paresthesia, some tingling, some residual weakness. And that's where it becomes more concerning because now you're creating, even though it's mild in the big scheme of things, you're creating some permanent and residual nerve dysfunction or deficits. So that's what we want to try to avoid. So that's the first point is that for athletes, don't take stingers super lightly because if you keep getting stingers over and over, it is going to take a toll on your upper extremity, your function, and by that point, it's going to probably start to affect your play. So really what the treatment is, is we want to prevent recurrent episodes of sustaining stingers. And there are some things in the literature out there. I think a good article that I came across that's just a good reference point is published by Swank et al. in 1996. And it's an older article, but this is some of the things that Clinically, we do see in athletes, and they pretty much did a study on chronic brachial plexus injuries and upper extremity proprioception and strength. Now, there's some things that, of course, could be improved on in this study, but basically some of the big things that they found is that there are greater strength deficits with people that sustain more and more episodes of brachial plexus injuries. And not only do they find greater strength deficits, but it also can be concluded that if you keep sustaining these repeated episodes of stingers, then that does increase you for not only more stingers in the future, but a more risk for frequency of sustained stingers and also the severity of the stingers in the future too. So if you get your second, third, fourth, fifth stinger, everyone might tend to have more severity, more residual symptoms that last longer, unfortunately. And that's what we want to try to avoid. And the reason why, again, is that we don't want to have this scarring and damage of our neural tissue and fascia and just make it more easily sustain any type of injury or trauma to our brachial plexus and our nerves. Now, what I do want to talk about with this, because I do a lot of not only rehabilitation, but performance training, is that over time, if you sustain even one stinger, you might not know again all of the lasting, fine detailed effects that it had on your shoulder. Just because you don't feel the immediate symptoms again, it doesn't mean that your function is completely back to baseline and you're able to continue training and keep yourself strong and functional. So over time, the effects of stingers, it could gradually lead into shoulder muscle imbalances. Maybe certain muscles are getting weaker without you knowing. Maybe your posture is being affected, the position and strength of your neck as well. And this could eventually lead into bigger problems like shoulder instability, improper movement of your shoulder, 
And again, as you see with other things, that could snowball into bigger issues. Maybe now you're going to be more susceptible and at risk for shoulder issues, other types of overuse issues from training, or even more susceptible to acute type of injury and trauma because you don't have the necessary strength that you did before you sustained these stingers. So those are some things that I want athletes to think about is making sure that you're getting assessed and you understand if there's any residual weakness or indirect effects on shoulder muscle balance that you're addressing that and over time you're going to restore that function and that is very important to protect not only from brachial plexus injuries but to protect from any future chronic overuse or even acute injuries down the line now one other thing that i want to mention is for those that have suffered a lot of stingers that might be telling you that there's certain things that you have to do to protect yourself And I'm not a coach or anything, but it could be technique-wise. It could be the way that you're hitting, you're tackling. Maybe those things need to be addressed. Another aspect could be the strength and conditioning. For a lot of football players, depending on your position too, it's always a good idea to make sure you have good posture, you have good lifting technique, you're building up not only muscle strength, but muscle density in the right areas. You want to protect your neck, your shoulder, because again, there's a lot of structures like the brachial plexus that are susceptible to get damaged through all of that collision so the more that you can focus on actually building up some of this musculature and doing it in a healthy and productive way that your body adapts to and performs better in football that's what you want to focus on and again going back to what we said about repetitive episodes of stingers Sometimes you don't really realize this until you're way down the line and you realize, yeah, I'm getting more stingers because everything is having this cumulative effect, making things weaker, maybe my position in my shoulder, maybe I'm not as strong in all of these muscles. So every time I take less of an impact, it creates that trauma again that leads to a brachial plexus injury. And that's what you really want to avoid. So I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty, but that's where rehab, strength and conditioning, knowing how to restore that strength and function and even get stronger than what you were before you got injured, that is key. And that is something that's key and a theme with a lot of my episodes is making sure that we continue to address some of the dysfunction, some of the muscle imbalance, tightness, mobility issues from our previous injuries because that will help to not only prevent injuries in the future but help us to perform as optimally as we can. And that is what everything is about, making sure that you can perform, perform at the level that you want and elevate your performance. Overall, that's all that I have for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. For everyone out there, check out all of the previous podcast episodes. Share these podcast episodes with teammates, friends, family, anyone that you think would take some value out of this. And again, check out my YouTube channel. Search for h Movement and you'll see some of the highlight clips going up daily. So that's something that you can subscribe to my YouTube channel for the most recent updates. And also check out my social media. I have been not as active because of all my commitments with my PhD program and school and everything that's going on. But I will try to get more content up there as well. So you can check that out at H&L Movement. And lastly, I would love to hear any feedback or questions. You can contact me through social media. Email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com or go through my website, hit the contact page, and that will get sent to my email as well. 
Overall, I hope everyone is doing well. Keep training, stay healthy, take care of all of your injuries. And I will be back here, same time, same place next week with another episode. Until then, aloha. Aloha.